Well, it's Monday, June the uh, 10th. My goodness, the year's flying by. I say that every single time, don't I? Anyways, it is uh, episode 60, Connecting Dots. Today, we're going to take a couple of questions. Today, we're going to have, I think, two questions. We say we get started. Monday, June 10th, two questions. Number one, question one, which is better, a will or a living trust? Today's first question comes from Jimmy, call me the Greek, in Boston. Jimmy phoned in and asked about wills and trusts. Jimmy explained that he is getting ready to retire and wants to know which is better, a will or a trust. Well, both of our questions today came from people calling in to the uh, number 888-629-7864. That's 888-629-7864. Okay, so a, a basic will is nothing more than a statement of what you, where you want things to go. It doesn't guarantee that things are going to go because you're going to have probate. And the probate court judge is always the individual who has ultimate authority over where everything goes. A living trust is a contract. It's a contract between you and yourself, and because of that, contracts avoid, generally speaking, probate and guardianship. So we're talking strictly about the state of Florida. We're not giving any legal advice in any way, shape, or form. And one of the things you need to realize is that you have a lot of different things when it comes to business planning and individual planning, and you have either coordinated or segmented planning. But when it comes to basically doing revocable living trusts, and they work, and I can tell you on the average in a home, for the most part, overwhelmingly, everyone should have a living trust. Because see, a living trust is nothing more than a, a master beneficiary designation in life. And so if you have everything headed to your living trust in one way, shape, form, or another. And there are exceptions to that regarding qualified money. And everything we're talking about, we have some in-depth, really big, deep conversations for clients in our uh, item we call current, where we educate everybody on how these things work. So this is just a quick fluff. But again, Jimmy, the, the thing is that, you know, it really depends upon um, your situation. You're getting ready to retire. You want to have some um, additional money uh, that's going to be coming in. And again, you know, your situation, you really need to deal with an attorney that knows what's going on. Bottom line is, if you have a lot of problems in your family where everybody's fighting, you might want to consider a will. But again, just a good estate planning attorney in your area will um, is really worth his or her weight. Now, there are a lot of people because they don't do any planning. And that's what I'm going to really kind of focus on today instead of going into a deep discussion on this. A lot of people don't do any planning and they do it. They do it wrong. For example, um, Tom Petty died. And um, it was a heartbreak, right? Okay, so one of the things he did is he had good intentions. He did his wills, he did his trust, everything was set up. They did a limited uh, partnership and he had his current wife with his children from a prior marriage. And he had language in there that says equal participation. So his wife, Patty, um, I, was it Patty? I don't remember what her name is anymore. Anyways, um, yeah, Donna. No, Dana. Yeah, Dana York. Uh, Dana York Patty, yeah, she was a trustee and is a trustee. She's the widow. But his children are saying, well, we're not given equal participation, and so there's a lot of litigation over it. It's, it's just a real mess. Now, the problem is it's really bad language, and that's kind of language you just you just don't want to use. Uh, you, you just don't want to use things that are not clean, clear, and concise. Now, what he has is called the Tom Petty Unlimited. It's a limited liability company. It was formed um, before he died, of course, to control his rights. You know, he has a recording artist, a composer, publisher, producer. It oversees his memorabilia, equipment, musical instruments, all of his financial assets. So he did his planning, but he had really bad language. 
Lots of people didn't do anything. Prince died without a will. Aretha Franklin, oh yeah, yeah, what a mess that is. Uh, Aretha Franklin reportedly had no will. Then they found several handwritten wills. Um, again, James Brown married four times, fathered nine illegitimate, or I guess legitimate children, three illegitimate, and it practically guaranteed a family feud that's been going on for damn near ever. See, the problem is when you are doing your estate planning, I don't care what it's wills or trusts or whatever it is, you got to take and consider the five components of wealth. I'm not talking about IQ or EQ or any of that kind of stuff. You just need to look at people, their physical, emotional, intellectual relationships and financial situation. And if you think there's going to be a problem, there probably will be. You simply have people that, you know, they've never had anything in life and all of a sudden they got a chance at making a big chunk of change. They're going to go nuts and try to get it. Now, one of the things I talk about a lot is a thing called art. Now, before I get into what art is, I'm going to do that quick little disclaimer that I tend to do every show. So if you got 30 seconds now, get a cup of coffee and I'll be right back. Connecting dots is for educational use only. Investment performance is not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation or needs. Nothing should be construed as an individual recommendation. Due to our extensive holdings and that of our clients, you should assume that we have a position in all companies discussed and thus a conflict of interest should be assumed. Yeah, always never forget, uh, due to the extensive holdings that we have and those that we manage, uh, always assume a conflict of interest with any company that we talk about. So ART, A-R-T, stands for Agent, Representative, and Trustee. And you have those words or simply people that are going to be doing things for you. So agent would be the person you're naming in your living will, healthcare power, durable power of attorney to deal with things for you. We are a gender neutral term. You might have states that still use the words executor or executrix, but in Florida, it's personal representative, again, gender neutral. That's the person that is appointed by the court as your, again, uh, to handle your, your, your will for probate purposes. And again, you petition to the court and you get appointed. And then trustee, well, if you have a living trust, you're the trustee. And eventually when you can't handle things, you have what's known as the successor trustee. Now, one of the things a lot of people make a lot of mistakes in is they get, a, they get goofed up over co and successor. And uh, when you start appointing people as co, you got to be really, really careful because you oftentimes can see a lot of problems coming down line. A lot of times you'll have a dominant child that will basically take control and, and force others out of the way. So you look at uh, Tom Petty, you know, he wanted them to make their decisions together and it's just a complete disaster. So the bottom line is, uh, that's the job of an attorney. You have a lot of people who are advisors, agents, bankers, brokers, and financial planners who try to say, oh, we're going to do estate planning for you. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. But the problem is, they're not attorneys. Oh. And they're going to get in trouble. And it's complete... When these men and women go out and try to play attorney, play estate planner, and it's one thing to provide information. Now, we've got a whole bunch of information for you. It's different to educate somebody, and it's different to say that they're going to do estate planning when they're not an attorney. Again, that's if, if somebody does documents and they're not licensed properly, that's the unlicensed practice of law. You also have to understand that. A lot of attorneys, just because they're licensed, doesn't mean they're competent in doing the estate planning area. That's a very valuable area. So you got somebody that does 
is, you know, for example, basic litigation, civil, criminal, that sort of thing. Your traditional, uh, you know, your ham and egg general practice attorney. Those people are really critical. Okay, they are really, really critical. But when it comes to asset protection planning, advanced wealth transfer, estate taxes, business structure planning, you know, you you might you might want to think twice about using somebody like that. Now let's take a look at uh, some of the uh, people that um, have really screwed up their finances because they didn't do anything. So our friend uh, Jimmy the Greek here asked a question, and uh, one of the things that uh, could have been very beneficial would have been a living trust for Michael Jackson. Um, they thought he didn't have a will. He was headed to court, then a will surfaced, signed seven years earlier, and uh, that thing was just a mess. Amy Winehouse, okay, died at uh, 27. She only had $4.66 million, which is utterly amazing to me. And um, her ex-husband um, didn't get anything. And her uh, daddy, that she didn't apparently really care for, um, Mitch, he uh, he wound up getting, you know, settling the estate and basically got about everything. She died of alcohol poisoning in 2011. Jimi Hendrix, another age 20 seven just like uh, Amy Winehouse he died without a will his listen that poor guy 30 years they litigated over his estate and uh, his siblings I mean the feud went on since 2002 and uh, then his father died and his sister uh, wound up being in control of his 80 million dollar estate but uh, it didn't end it kept on going they were battling over his image and then they were fighting over the rights of the image that thing was still going on in 2015 unbelievable Sonny Bono. You might remember Sonny and Cher. Well, Sonny wound up becoming a congressman. He died in a skiing accident at 62. His financial status? Well, guy didn't have a will. <laughs> Mary Bono had a long probate over his estate. And uh, then he had a love child that uh, wanted money and eventually uh, got out of there. But ultimately, uh, the estate was divided between Mary, who became his political successor for 14 years. She served in Congress and uh, two children, Chaz and Christy. So uh, that's, that's what happened there. And then you have Kurt Cobain, another 27 age death. So he's dead on a doornail, and he left a, a pretty healthy fortune, about $450 million. A lot better than uh, Amy, huh? Anyways, after his death in 1994, his wife, Courtney Love, was the primary beneficiary, and she got publishing rights to his estate and just about you know all of his music. 2010, the couple's 18-year-old daughter took control of her trust, uh, which is more than a third of the estate. And the same year, Courtney Love gave up rights to Cobain's name and likeness for a loan. I mean, this girl, what a freaking mess, huh? So I guess the uh, question is, uh, which is better? I got to tell you, if you have any assets at all and you really want to make the most of things, I would do a living trust because once you've got it, you've got it and you're in good shape. What do you say? Today's second question comes from Julianne in Sarasota. Julianne used the online messaging program to ask the following. You have talked about Bobby. Big bets on big ideas. Can you go into detail about what it means? Yeah, Bobby, uh, Julianne, is a concept that we have here that uh, I can't make your money. We can help facilitate with advice and management of the monies you've accumulated. But when it comes to actually doing something, okay, you earn money, you know, those you know, earned income, you got to take a big bet. Uh, now, here's the thing. Some people focus on their family, marriage, parenting, life. 
challenges, their faith, social issues, and all that. But you got to focus at some point in time on your big bet. It might be your job. It might, it, what, and generally speaking, it is your job. So what we think you should do is, again, it's, it's that focus on the things that you like are good. Uh, do the things you like, things you're good and profitable at, things that you can control. But you've got you to focus on money, okay? You got to focus on the five cows. Remember that physical, emotional, intellectual relationships and financial. The most important component of wealth is physical. I mean, I'm not going to, it's no brag. I'm just telling you straight up what I do for physical wealth, for example. And it's not easy. I lift weights every single day. I do my 100 push-ups every single day. I break my push-ups now into 25 push-ups and 25 sit-ups. So I I do them in the morning and then I do them after my shower and then I do them about midday and I do it in the evening. So I, I get a, I always get at least 100, sometimes more. I get 10,000 steps in. I have a Fitbit, so I track my steps. And then I do stretching and bending. So physical wealth involves strength, endurance, and flexibility with natural nutrition and hydration with everything in moderation. I think it's just a simple thing. And you have emotional wealth, intellectual wealth, relationship wealth, and finally financial wealth. So that's something I think is just really important. You got to understand that, you know, big bets, you know, you're responsible overwhelmingly for you. And most people just piss and moan and complain and carry on. Oh, I couldn't do this for that. Stop it. Just stop it. And I just, uh, I don't know, sometimes I get really sick and tired of the, of the pissing and moaning and whining. I get it. You know, listen, um, there's not a day I don't wake up where my left shoulder reminds me of when I was incredibly seriously injured as a police officer in 1984. You know, I'm sitting here at uh, broadcasting and my left arm is going to sleep because I need to move it around a little bit. Yeah, okay, no, I'm not complaining. <laughs> no big deal. Lots of guys ain't around here because of me. That's good for me and bad for them. But one of the things when it comes to, again, big bets, you got to save money, okay? Now, let me tell you how this works. I'm going to give you a quick tip and then we're going to wrap this up. You got to invest early and often. And you need to have a mentor. Now, fixed cost financial is perfect, okay? Because we've been there and done it. And with that, I'll be right back. Connecting Dots is brought to you by Fixed Cost Financial, the home of fixed cost investing. It's better because it's simple and works. Break the mold, be different. So we've been there, we've done it, and I want you to stop listening to all the kooks and weirdos and the carnival barkers about money. You get on YouTube and you get these stupid commercials where these guys come on and they're jumping like jumping beans and they're going to make you money and everything else. And then you also have affinity-based marketers, Dave Ramsey and all the others that are Christian-based. You have all these people who, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. Bernie Madoff was affinity-based. So the bottom line is you just do what you need to do for yourself. And don't, again, listen to all these, these free breakfast, lunch, and dinner seminars. Just stop doing that stuff. Now, you want to get ahead in life? You get, there, here's a, a very simple tip. Practice modern minimalist methods. Now, if you're a client of ours, you know that that's one of the things we talk about all the time in Educate. is part of our current series that we keep our clients focused on. There's a simple concept. Own everything you use and use everything you own. And if 
you're not using it on a regular basis, get rid of it and rent it. Okay, it's conscious spending. Stop wasting small amounts of money. You say, oh, it's not a big deal. I have somebody I know that they're always doing that. It's just little tiny things are always nickeling and diming them. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend $10 a day on coffee. $5 in the morning, $5 in the evening. It might be a Starbucks, McDonald's, Taco Bell, might be fast food joints, anything. But here's what you're going to do. You get up in the morning, you do your thing, and hey, I'm just going to run through and grab five, you know, a cup of coffee, or you're going to grab a, a morning breakfast thing. Do the same thing in the evening. No inflation. It's just that's what we're going to do. So it doesn't mean much, right? No, it doesn't mean much. Here's what you're losing out. And this is a big bet because you have to have patience. You have to have long-term time horizon. It's $10 a day. Let's say you get a 9% return. You do it for five years. How much do you think that is? Eh, not much, right? No, it's $22,769 for crying out loud. That is actually a fairly decent chunk of change, in my opinion. Oh. Now, here's the thing. You're 25 years of age, okay? Or 25, 30 or so. Now, you say 22000 man, that doesn't sound like much. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's not a big deal. But let's do this for 40 years, okay? 40 years. Now, what would we have? hell of a lot more. So you're 25 and 40 years from now, you're going to be 65. $10 a day, get a 9% steady return. We know it's going to fluctuate. We know that, right? That's $1,285,000 for crying out loud. Now you're 65, right? You got $1,285,000 because you didn't have coffee in the morning. You didn't have that stupid fast food meal in the afternoon. You save yourself 10 bucks a day for 40 years. Oh, I can't do something for 40 years. Yeah, well, you won't be a millionaire. Minting millionaire mindsets. That's where it starts. Okay, so you worked for 40 years. Now you say, well, you know, what if I drew 4% out every year for the rest of my life? Okay. I want to do that. And I'm going to retire for 40 years. So you're going to die around 105. You could pull out $5,300 a month, only earning 4%. You'd never run out of money. So just by not spending a small little bit every day, okay, putting it away and staying focused on what you do, make a lot of money. You will. That's a big bet. That is a big bet on a big idea. Big bet. I'm going to put a little tiny bit away and I'm not going to touch it. And then I'm going to live off that for the rest of my life. Hmm, pretty good coin. There are a lot of people out there who would love to have a pension of $5,300 a month. And what they did is they pissed it away by drinking coffee and doing stupid things. Oh, well, it does it. Yo, know, you got to live life. Yeah, yeah. You keep telling yourself that and you won't have a freaking pot to pee in anyways. It's automatic investing. We do it here all the time. But here's the thing. Just because you have it set up automatically doesn't mean you have to abdicate. Now, there's a couple other things that you can do in order to really get ahead. One of the things is start a business, but the big thing is, if you're going to start a business, you have to start in your brain, okay? I'm Paul Truesdell, and I'm a lifestyle business, and business is my lifestyle. Real simple. So when you start getting that in your head, that's the key to getting ahead, period. Now, you want to start a business? That's fine. That's the way to get ahead. If not, get used to being political, because it doesn't make any difference if you're where you're at. There's the bureaucratic chain of command. You got to simply suck up and do what you got to do. Now, most of your time should be focused on Bobby. No ifs, no ands, no buts. It needs to be focused on Bobby. And, um, you know, it just is what it is. And if you do that, you're going to do pretty good. Oh, stop talking. We're done.